0: yeah, yeah.
1: we <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: We are here for episode number three of Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, all Bearcats reporter, joined by my co-host, Dominic Goodman, former UC wide receiver and another former UC wide receiver to start the show today. One of the most prolific players in program history, one of the most dynamic, versatile weapons to ever play the wide receiver position and return kicks in terms of special teams for UC, former wide receiver Marty Gilliard joining the, the podcast today, going to help us dive into the opening season for the Bearcats in the Big 12. We'll go down memory lane a little bit, him and Dominic teammates for a long time at UC and right there close to each other in terms of the all-time receptions list at UC. Marty, of course, in the top three, top two, or number one in almost every single major receiving category in the history of UC football, and he's joining us today. Marty, thank you so much for giving us some time this, this afternoon.
1: Appreciate y'all, boys, man. Before we get started, though, for real, I know I get a lot of accolades, you know what I'm saying, I get a lot of praise and a lot of that, but I really, 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 really want to make sure that people know who who the great one is. The great one is that one. You know what I'm saying? Is the one that's on your your co-host. You know what I mean? Man, that's... I can't give this man enough of credit. You feel me? I can't. I can't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't. It's like... I play corner, man. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't know this. Like, I play corner, you know, and then you know they know the whole homeless story, but it's like... Goody, if it wasn't for Goody and Bones, you know what I'm saying? Like, those two, for sure. Like, those two. You know, it wouldn't have been no me like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, good, I can't tell y'all how many some that summer that when I got that Scully back in, you know, I'm out there in and, 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 and jeans, work jeans, and, and Timberland boots, you know what I mean? Goody can vouch for that. Like, them boys gave me cleats, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm out there with jeans on. You know, in the summertime, trying to figure out how the hell to learn. I never ran a route until that summer. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I never ran a route in my life till that summer. I, was, I went from a running back or from a quarterback as a youngster to a running back to getting to UC, and we already had running backs. You know what I mean? And, I mean, good went through the change just like me because he was that quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Then come into Censi they moved in the receiver. But Goody taught me how to release. He taught me how to run routes. He taught me how to run blind. He taught me. They spent that time with me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, even when he asked me about the podcast, I was like, bro, you know, whatever you want, you got for me. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? But appreciate y'all boys for having me on the show. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, of course. We're glad to have you on, Marty, anytime. Excited to get into it. We'll have Marty on for the first half of the show today. and Then back half of the show, we'll dive into an EKU preview and also touch on some of the concessions upgrades and signage upgrades, uh, that Ring of Honor getting moved at Nippert Stadium. We'll dive into all that in the back half of the show. But as you mentioned Marty, you and Dom, good buddies, tied at the hip and tied in the record book as well. 204 career receptions for both of you, both tied for second with Lederis Van for most receptions in the history of UC football. Marty, just maybe update the people on what you have going on today. Obviously, you went on from UC to be a fourth-round pick in the NFL draft, played a few years in the NFL, and then uh, went around the Arena League, CFL, all that stuff. What do you got going on today as we stand in 2022?
1: Uh, I'm a coach, man, uh, coaching a trainer, um, train DBs, train wideouts, even quarterbacks, um, just being able to just give the knowledge back, man. That's the, that's the biggest thing for me, uh, coaching and uh, coach at a uh, Catholic high school uh, here in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, St. John's. Um, was coaching a little minute at Nichols College in uh, Dudley. Uh, same place. I mean, up here in uh, Massachusetts. I live in Mass now. So, uh, I mean, being a dad, man, just had my third. Just had my third kid. Finally got a boy, goodie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I got my junior, my, my you know, Marty Junior. You know what I mean? Uh was born in July. You know, I got my two daughters. You know, one still is in Cincinnati. Uh, just man, just trying to enjoy the whole transition of going from catching passes to teaching guys how to catch. You know, running routes to teaching guys how to run a route. You know, catching balls from great quarterbacks and being able to take what you know. Those those intimate conversations that we've had, you know, with our quarterbacks and kind of translating that to our youngsters and letting them know because it's a different it's a different game. You know, um, the rules have changed, the physicality of the game has changed. You know, the game has become a lot more softer. You know what I mean, and a lot more offensive happy. You know, no one, you know, when being good was playing like a great game, man, was like 21 17, 24 17. That was a great game. Like, right. great game. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, people want to see the 40s, you know, 40 20 games, 40 15 games. You know, they want to see the 50 plus games. They want to see these high scoring games. Um, And you see a lot less pass interference call, you know, I am going to say, excuse me, a lot more pass interference call in today's game. So it's a lot lot going on, but um, for me, man, it's just, again, you know, the training and the coaching and just, you know, getting used to being old, man.
2: So. <laughs> nah, you guys aren't that old. Go ahead, Dom. The floor is yours. <clears throat> oh,
0: just mainly just, like you said, you, uh, you played DB. Nobody really knew about that besides people in the locker room. Just basically just kind of like what, 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 what was more like what was harder to learn? Was it the DB or transitioning to receiver? Receiver for sure. Like,
1: receiver for sure. Because, like, DB, you have blind moments, you know what I'm saying? But most of most of your DB stuff is, like, eye discipline, eye transition, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're at the hip. You're not really worried about the pick. You know, that's why a lot of picks are, like, they either fall in the bucket to a guy or a guy, like, dives and go get it, you know what I'm saying, uh, especially in today's game, you know, but just happen to turn around and actually run around, right? and the ball's thrown. Like, look, remember how long it took me, bro, to learn how to catch the curl, bro? Just the curl, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you said it good. Like, bro, just the curl. Like, just the curl, you know. Like, I can't tell y'all how many times the ball just, by the time I get my head around, you know, trying to fit it, You know, it's just like there is a whole nother ball game. Like, learning coverage on as you're running. Like, as a DB, we know what's up. We you know cover two, cover three, four, check. You know check man, whatever, whatever. You know that that's set in stone. Our type of offense, and I and I and I use this term a lot. I say we were the grandfathers of the fast paced the football that they see now. It was three. It was three teams that was like that. Us, Hawaii, and Oregon. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. Boise had a little something with it, but wasn't nobody. For one, there was no other faster paced offense than us. You know, and you could check. You could check that on. You could check the numbers on that. You know what I mean? I actually just had this conversation with our old OC, because we were the worst team in Division One football in time of possession, and we were the second leading scoring team. So what that told
2: you? was a lot. Was that uh, something you guys both kind of embraced when Brian Kelly got there? When you, were you guys like, all right, the wide receivers are gonna be able to really have an even bigger impact on winning the game and the stat book. Obviously, when you look when I kind of I've already run through the statistics you guys have put well, up in the UC I'm game. not
1: gonna give Kelly no credit. No, <laughs> I'm not giving credit. Kelly no credit for shit. Right. My you feel me? So he gets no credit. Charlie Monar, yes. All right. You feel me? And good, I, again, I hate to put you on the butt, but listen, this shit need to be said. Cause I get tired of seeing like everybody act like Brian Kelly was this great Coach, hell no. You feel what I'm saying? No. He was good at like I guess picking a staff for sure. Okay. You feel what I'm saying? Because the staff was pressure. Any any place he's been at, his staff has been extremely good. You know what I'm saying? But me personally, man, listen, man. I don't know if this kid friendly, but I'm gonna just keep my keep my language to to at bay for you good. You feel what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I can't stand that man. I still years later still don't like that man. hated I hate his guts. You know what I mean? Because he got credit for something that the coaching staff never got credit for, and they did all the work. They did all the grind. They spun all the hours. They spun all the extra time. They took all the they took all the licks when it was wrong, and he got all praise when they were right. You know what I mean? So, for me, everybody, if you was in the locker room with me, y'all know when I get a chance to tell them, I tell it real. You feel what I'm saying? So, like, Charlie Monar was hell-bent on getting us to be sad. You know what I mean? Everything was about fast-paced timing. We had to be lined up with like, six seconds, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the moment. I think it was signal in and lined up. I think it was in six seconds. The ball had to have been hyped. You know what I'm saying? And to to Coach Monard, he said, we will get the 70 plays so fast, Marty, you wouldn't even know it. You know, <laughs> the defense, you wouldn't even know it. And we literally, by the time the third quarter was ending, we were, like, 55 plays. You know what I'm saying? We're like, God, you know, when they, you know, but now you look at the defense and DBs are hands on the heel like D-line, man, they're taking forever to get in their stands, you know. So, like, we were beating teams based off the fact that we were super in shape because we practiced so fast, you know what I mean? So, again, all the credit would go to for me, all the credit would go to, like, Coach Quinn, like, Greg Forrest, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, Charlie Monard, you know, those coaches, because they like, they, they spun a lot of the time and took a lot of heat, you know what I mean, for us and took it on the chin like men and kept it pushing. And they got us better every day. I'm talking about every single day. We didn't have an off day, you know. Even, you know, sometimes you have offense win days and defense win days. We had 50-50 days down there all year, you know what I mean? Like, we might win the first half of practice, defense come by we might defense might win the first half, second 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 part of practice. Then offense offense we lighten it up, you know, cause the one thing like good he wouldn't allow us to lose too much, right? Like he was real quiet, but when Goody opened his mouth, where he got pissed off, like you knew it was you, you knew you had to tighten up, you know, you know you, cause bro wasn't going he going he wasn't going to say nothing. He was like our silent assassin, you know what I'm saying? Like he'll go off, you know, 150 yards, you know, catch everything in the world. And then won't have no emotion. Like, bro, it'd be like a Buddhist monk.
2: You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but when he opened, if he got upset, you know, and he, he opened his mouth, now nah, it was like, all right, we, we sit there and we listen. Because, bro, will not open his mouth much. You know what I'm saying? But when he did, we knew what time it was. So, you know, a combination of all those guys together, I have to give credit to, you know, being giving us the ability to be that fast paced offense, high scoring offense, you know, doing what we did.
2: Very glad. Very glad I asked that for sure. Very glad I asked. Glad you got the floor to clarify that. Go ahead, Dom. All you. Oh, really? What
0: do you feel like? Okay, for for for, I guess for the for the young kids. What would you say was the most challenging thing coming to going to college from going to high school and then going to college where everybody got the same accolades?
1: Well, all right. Two things. One to be a and speech, and then the other one to be kind of the of the question of, right? I'm gonna use our class, right, as Cincy, right? So our class, at, excuse me, y'all. Uh, our class at Cincy, the 2005 class that came through Cincinnati, right? That was the best class in any sport to come through that school. I'm and I I I'm I'm gonna put that out there. And the reason I say that is. I think we had three Mr. Basketballs on that team. I think we had uh, we had a defensive – the USA Today defensive player of the year. Uh, we had probably, I mean, over 15 close to – probably 15 of our 20 – I think it was 33 of us. 15 of that 33 were first-team All-State guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, and out of that 15, I want to say, shit, maybe close to 10 – you know, had state title rings. You know what I'm saying? So like, we didn't know, you know, guys played on number one teams in the nation, top high school teams in the nation. You gotta think like, I came to school just this kid, backwood kid, number, you know, highly rated running back coming out of Florida.
3: But I was light, you know what I'm saying. So I didn't, I didn't fit the type of backs that I were, that I were up you know So, like, I got to school not knowing nothing about the rest of my counterparts, you know. But then I get to school and, and, and boxing, and you know, they come from Corinne, and you know, Cincinnati Coran powerhouse in the nation. Yeah, running that old triple option you know, <laughs> And built for. Really built for tough. Like they really built for the power game. Garrison McMister back there. You know, in the backfield, you had, you know, Terrell Bird, his brother, his twin. But like Terrell Bird, I didn't know who he was. A brother, but he's the number one player in the nation. You know, the number one defensive player in the nation. You know what I mean? USA Today, defensive player of the year. You know what I mean? Uh we had two or three right Derek Stewart, you know. Uh, myself,
0: Brad Jones, Mike Minky, um, uh who am I? Connor Barlow, Jason Kelsey,
3: uh, yeah, Kazem was a five star, you know, Jeffrey Linkin. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we had guys, what's going on? Why
2: I can't hear, why I can't, I seen you, I can't hear nothing. We're having some audio issues, maybe, uh. Maybe pop back out, Marty, and uh, and join back in. We'll do that. All right, good stuff so far with Marty Gilliard. Great time to take a break. We'll go with Marty for a little bit of the back half. I still got some stuff we want to talk to Marty about from his UC career, uh, most of it alongside our co-host right here, former UC wide receiver Dominic Goodman. We'll hit Marty back up we get him back on the fold for the back half of this Bearcat Blitz show. And, of course, going to touch on the concessions updates, the new signage around Nippert, and preview EKU real quick before Saturday's game, game one of the 2023 season for UC. Right back after this on Bearcat Blitz. Bringing Marty Gilliard back into the fold now. Lost him for just a second there, but we got him going now. And Marty, yeah, go go ahead and continue with uh, with just kind of the the story and, and, and some advice maybe for kids that are going into school now and having to kind of be at the same level, not necessarily the same level, but similar levels to other elite talents in football.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I was just kind of touching, uh, you know, using myself and our class as an example. You know, um, we had I, I, Kazim Ali. I can I could keep naming everybody in our everybody in our class had clout. Everybody in our
2: class yeah. was elite class. I, for sure.
3: I was the lowest. I was the lowest rated, I think, recruit. out. of I was a two star. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think I was the lowest rated, I think, out of the bunch, you know, every. but I was also our first team three, state, three three sports, right? So I'm looking at everybody when I first get there, and we all looking at each other the same way. But what was crazy was out of the 33 guys that came, 28 of us played as true freshmen. You know what I'm saying? That's a powerful class, you yeah. know? So... We all had to literally adjust and adapt on the fly. You know what I'm saying? We all coming from being the man, treated as such, treated at a high standard, getting our asses kissed, to be, you know, to be honest, to be, to be blunt with it. You know what I'm saying? Everyone knows you, everyone knows what you're capable of, everyone knows what you're doing. But when you go to college, none of that shit matters, what you did in high school. The only thing that matters is your play retention, your ability to make plays, pressure plays. Cause they expect you to make like the wide open goal or hit the wide open hole. But they're, you know what I'm saying? But they're not expecting you right to sit there and suck in the playbook, you know, be able to learn 40 plays at a night and a night and be able to break those 40 plays down in different formations. So you can actually understand those being able to understand coverage on the fly. Cause most kids and truth be told, most kids coming out of high school, you don't know how to read no defense. You feel what I'm saying? You you really can't tell the difference between four and two. You know what I mean? You just, it's too high to you. You know what I mean? Because you could play four from corners up or corners, out, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's you really don't know the intricate details on how like it really, like it's a chess game in college, you know? So forgetting about all your accolades and really coming into college, you know, the message to the kids is coming into college wanting to be the guy and how you be that guy is be able to show your consistency as well as being a student. You have to fall in love with becoming a student of the game because everyone's fast, your athletic ability gets cut short when you come to college. What gets you the guy that makes plays is how smart and how fast you can learn, how far, how smart you are and how fast you can learn. So being able to retain those things and take the coaching, you know what I mean and get regurgitate that back to your coach. Those are the important things, you know. You could be 4-2 all day, but what if I got a corner that's 4-4 and I play cover three and your ass is 4-2 and you can't get over top and you can't run no routes, you know what I'm saying? So you didn't take the time because your your high school coach told you you could just run past everything, you know what I mean? But then you get to college and you realize we got three, four guys on our team that are 4-2, you know what I'm saying? Those are the things that, that that, that come in handy. You know what I mean? Those are the things that make everything. So being hungry, man, being able to take care of that in that aspect is, is those are the things, you know, I think that it helped the kids be more successful, man. When they, when they make that transition, it's just like really being dumb to the fact that you was the man and come in ready to show everyone that your mental is where it needs to be because the physical is going to be what it is. We got great. Every college got a great rate coach. We got great speed training. We got great weights, we got great bands, we got great trainers, you know, you got great everything, but who who's the one that's smart? Who's the one that can take all the coaching? Who's the one that can absorb everything? Who's the one that can give it back to the coach the way he wanted? You know, mixed in with your athleticism, mixed in with your little sauce that you brought to the table, you know what I mean? Those are the things that that help the kids succeed.
2: Last one here, rapid fire. We'll go trio rapid fire questions for Marty and uh, and let him get on with the rest of his week. Very gracious with his time on this week's Bearcat Blitz. I'm your host, Russ Heltman, joined by former UC wide receiver. Two former UC wide receivers today and guys that made a lot of plays together on the same field. Dominic Goodman and Marty Gilliard, our, uh, our special guest, Marty Gilliard. So, Marty, favorite play during your UC career? or one that stands out?
3: Breaking the breaking breaking the record.
2: Which one? You set a couple records. (laughs) at the school.
3: It was the touchdown record. It was the touchdown touchdown record. Just because it was, it wasn't for me. It was like every play. Like I'm not a selfish cat. Everybody know that. Know me, know like I I I'm not like that. You know what I mean. But when I broke it. You know, like, I don't know if you can see it on camera, but I instantly, when I caught that touchdown, I instantly put a number one up, pointed to the sky, and I was crying. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people didn't know why. You know what I mean? I was because I felt like me and my dogs had did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, me and my dogs did it. You know, I instantly thought about to the days that I was in the car and, you know, I'm on the field in the jeans and, you know, my boys are like, goody, that's my dog. Like, he's, that's my boy. You know what I'm saying? Bones, these are my boys. These are the guys that allow me to sleep on the couch, you know, when I was homeless the nights, you know what I'm saying? He's the guys that gave that, that used to get the, the merchandise for me. Give me a UC t-shirt, give me some shorts, the run-in. You know what I'm saying? So when I did it, I felt like we all did it together because it was collection of all of them. Cause I would not have been in that position without them. You know what I mean? So for me, it was the touch, it was the record. It was the record by far. Um, I mean, I did a lot of things, but you know, the record red by far the record. And the in the Oklahoma game. You know, those yeah. two. Because the Oklahoma game, we had so much uh animosity built up like amongst us like we had so much pressure built up because we wanted to show the nation that we ain't this last school that y'all keep trying to put us as you know what i'm saying like we we, we compete with everybody around here you know and we're gonna show y'all better than we could tell y'all and we was on them we was on but we was on oklahoma ass in the beginning but you know it is what it is but yeah. that Game, you know, Goody showed he was a top receiver in the nation. I showed I was a top receiver in the nation. Bones showed it. You know what I mean? Our defense has showed up. O-line showed up. Quarterback showed up.
2: Like, we was – yeah. That was the 2008 game, right? The 2008 matchup against Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. And funny enough, you guys kicked off the season that year against the Eastern Kentucky, kicking off this season against Eastern Kentucky, and the next – and I had you played Oklahoma, I think, in 2010, but once again facing Oklahoma – in the regular season, all coming full circle. And we unfortunately don't have enough time. I got a ton more I want to get to with Marty. We'll definitely have to have him on. We're going to have to give Marty his own show. Maybe we'll do that during the off season or something. Maybe during in the bye week we could have you on, but we will definitely get Marty Gilliard back on the show. This was awesome, Marty. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And good luck with all the coaching over there in Massachusetts. And maybe we'll get you, get you out for a, for a UC game in, uh, in Nippert Stadium here soon with the, with the Big 12 fanfare going in full force.
3: For sure, fellas. For sure. See y'all boys soon. Appreciate y'all boys for having me. Good. I love you, boy. As always, cat
0: daddy, you know what time it is, baby. Love you too, man. I'm gonna get with you, man, after this, man. Sure. Y'all boys take it easy. All right, man.
2: Awesome, awesome stuff there from Marty Gilliard. So, so good, Dominic. And uh, just really cool to see the love that you guys kind of obviously all share together as a receiving room i want to dive into some more of those stories when we get uh we, we're going to have plenty of time in the off season we're going to definitely dive into that rolodex of former teammates that dominic's got and we're going to get into all of those fun fun times from the late 2000s the late aughts when the bearcats were really making noise in the big East and very cool. I think the biggest takeaway I have from that is how adamant he was about the assistance and that whole Brian Kelly staff needing to get their just due. And I'm really glad that I asked that and that we got, uh, got to dive into that answer. All right, Dominic, from one frying pan into another fire here, we have Eastern Kentucky on deck. Don't have a ton of time, less than five minutes left in the show. I think the main question is how long in this game do, does Eastern Kentucky stay in it? How long is this game going to be within 10 points over under the first quarter? I'm, I think the spare team is ready to make a statement. They're ready to start strong for Scott Satterfield in my eyes. I've been seeing good things practice wise, maybe one bad day over the last four or five practices I've been able to get to across the entire fall camp stretch that uh, three to four practices, really only one of those have been bad for memory Jones. I think, the running game is looking good. The offensive line is gelling slowly but surely, and the defense is going to be able to handle one of the better offenses in the FCS. And on the flip side, it's a terrible defense that Eastern Kentucky's bringing. Man, I just I, I don't I don't think this one's going to be very uh, very pretty to look at for too long.
0: No, nah, not at all. Especially with UC right now, just everybody's hungry on both on all phases of the football. and Everybody, you got an offense with new faces. Guys is hungry to show the world what they're made of. You got a uh, defense where um, guys is moving around and trying to prove theyself uh, to the world as well. And special teams, same thing. So when you got that going into a game like this, um, you, you kind of expect um, UC to pull it out early. Um, but you just never know because it's a team that, with a quarterback they have with EKU, that can sling it the way he does. You can keep them in the game, but it just all depends how they started off.
2: Yeah, no doubt. One more topic to get to here and talking about the concessions upgrades and the kind of new signage. I'm loving the new signage. I don't know if you got to see any of the photos yet, Dominic, but the Ring of Honor change, it's up on the kind of the wraparound part of the stadium, all the way at the top, as opposed to the uh the north end zone lower level there. And I'm I'm very excited to see how all the Bearcats fans react to that did you get it have you gotten a chance to see kind of the the new old logo they put out there and the 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 numbers up up along the ring now instead of the north end zone
0: yeah i got a chance to look at all the pictures i've been looking at all the uc stuff three more days i'm excited myself so i've been looking at all the stuff and it's really cool man especially even seeing with volleyball because they started off in the big 12 kicked off and that was just cool to Really see us in a big, finally in the Big Twelve Conference, and seeing these teams that we're gonna play against—it's it, exciting, you know. So it puts us in a situation where we don't gotta sit out here and uh, try to fight, try to win people over to put us in a BCS uh, championship right. game. So yeah, I'm excited, and I love, love
2: everything about it. So. It's going to be great. Yeah. Those, those block Roman numerals, man, they're looking very pretty on that green, green Carson field at <laughs> Nippert stadium. Final thing I have for you, Dominic. And before we get out of here, you can give a quick answer as we wrap up here when going into a game like this, where you guys had that, you talked about that similar scenario with Marty and, and the Oklahoma game that you guys fell in, you were big underdogs, made some noise early, but ultimately it, it didn't go your guys' way. Is that, I'm guessing that's just a product of talent on talent, overall team roster talent versus UC's overall roster talent overcoming that. And it's not really, in my eyes, especially for EKU, when you see how they've been able to take out FBS schools last year, take Eastern Michigan down to the wire, beat Bowling Green. It feels like they're going to be able to meet the moment in terms of not being too shaken by the Nippert Stadium atmosphere, but it might just end up being – where you're just overcome by talent. Is that kind of what you guys faced when you would go up against those top tier teams that you didn't end up beating?
0: Um, it's just one of the things uh, I always came into it for as like, you know, I got nothing to lose. What the worst is going to happen. You know, people expect yeah. you to lose anyway. So you might as well go in there swinging and, and empty the clip. So classic um, underdog mentality type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, really it comes down to it could be talent on talent, but, it's just like how Marty said, you got guys that's running four twos, can't catch a rock, or don't know the route. So um, in that game, our, our groups went down. I was a starting quarterback. And then okay. Pike got yeah. thrown in, and Pike was repping at camp. He was repping to be a three. So it was a situation where Pike wasn't, he wasn't ready for the game, and he got thrown in the second half when our quarterback broke his leg. So that was kind of more of a quarterback got hurt, uh, what we do now, you know, but um, really, it's just about the mindset and your mind, friend,
2: how you want to attack the game. There you go. Dominic Goodman on it right there. Hopefully for Bearcats fans, the uh, the EKU colonels do not have the correct mindset and have a freak injury happen. Knock on wood. Nothing like that happens to the Bearcats top players or top pl- Top most important player, which is always going to be the quarterback, and that guy being Emory Jones heading into 2023. For Dominic Goodman, I'm Russ Hellman signing off of this week's Bearcat Blitz. We'll have you covered on Monday show with a full breakdown of the EKU matchup, what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like out of the Bearcats in game one of the 2023 season. This has been Bearcat Blitz. For Pierce, did he hang on? Yes. Touchdown. Here I'll back as I've been around. Here he goes again. free. Jerome Ford down the sideline. Foot race. call. Touchdown. 79 yards. This is a big one in the beach bowl. This is a big one too. And it's going to go all the way to the house on the first place.